yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time imon irok the yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor inuik kiart len of winter fein. Skilti fis turmi. Tashe dochretche nach vetoch ara egornamian on kestchen ekol. Vien talam aginam griv arkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. What everyday tech quirks really get on your nerves? Banking? online players, services not letting you cancel online. Well, today we're going to discuss a few of them. I'm Adrian Weckler and I'm joined by fellow whiners, journalist Jonathan Keane and broadcaster Andy O'Donoghue. Guys, you're welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Okay. Do you see this? Can you see that? For anyone who can't see who's not watching, I'm holding up an iPad Pro with Bank of Ireland's mobile banking app and it's side it's sideways. <laughs> So you, you can't actually bank. I tweeted this a couple of weeks ago. People couldn't believe it. And you know what the theory is behind this? The theory is from Bank of Ireland that a tablet is something you hold vertically in two hands, like in 2010. So even though iPads sell more than any laptop in the world, why would you want to use it with a keyboard vertically for your, you know, your working life? And that's brilliant, isn't it? Brilliant idea. Absolutely fantastic. And that's the prevailing theory for why it appears sideways. Yes. And do you know what? I tweeted this and I, I actually got one or two people coming back at me saying, oh, for God's sake, just use the, the, the web browser or use a proper laptop. A proper laptop. Now, we're not even going to get into that debate whether an iPad is a proper laptop because I know there are two sides to that, even though it outsells uh, any laptop. And even though I do 80% of all of my productivity, work, research on, yeah, on iPads, Let's leave that aside. Wouldn't you think that a bank that has reportedly spent 500 million euro or more, I think it's heading towards a billion euro on updating its IT systems over the last six or seven years, might just allow the banking app to change its orientation? Would you think? It is fascinating, isn't it? What I do find interesting about what you said there is that if that was their response, that people are going to use them vertically, it does appear that um, there may be a disconnect between Bank of Ireland and Apple <laughs> somehow. Well, hang on. We're yeah. talking about, don't forget, uh, the uh, Apple Pay. Yeah, I know. Bank of Ireland was the last major last holdout. Last to go. Something yeah. like five years after yeah, everybody yeah. else had it. Yeah. 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 I mean, that was that was shocking, actually. And if you remember, it was a long time before they had anything. And then Apple Pay was last to go. Yeah. If you wonder if the orientation that you raise that like the amount of money they've spent on this tech development, that's such a small thing ends up falling through the cracks. 
you know, but you've invested so much in but Jonathan, Jonathan sideways, you know? people, people hold tablets vertically. They, they, nobody uses a keyboard <laughs> with a tablet. That's something you give your child to watch it's YouTube. It's a banker pose, isn't it? Vertical tablet. It's a banker pose. <sighs> anyway, moving swiftly on, I want to throw something else on you. Not being able to cancel services online, having to phone them up when you have signed up online. Does that yeah. ever happen to you? Uh, it drives me insane. I had a subscription to both uh, to a magazine and something else um, that I have yeah. only ever accessed online. I've never even read the paper copy. Uh, the printed version that mm. comes with it. And I wanted to cancel. Didn't think it was great value. Can I cancel? No, absolutely not. Send an email account number. No. Can I do it in the app? No, I have to ring them. And then it's the third degree. Oh, would you like to say, we're going to give you 20% yeah. off and send you a free gift. No, I don't. I just want to cancel. Mm. Oh, why do you want to cancel? Mm. And in the background, this ferocious tapping, noting reasons yeah. for why I want to cancel. So did they make it easy? No. Is it obvious that they want to make it difficult? Yes. But sweet Lord, make it easier, please. And I mean, look, hands up. The three of us are journalists. Our sector, prime mm. offenders here. Mm. I mean, the American papers were the worst. If you've ever signed up for one of those two yeah. euro a month yeah. New York Times subscriptions and then tried to unsubscribe and have to phone yeah. Trans Atlantic, yeah. Yeah. you know, to get off. But not just them in this country. We have been guilty of that. What's our sector? But it's it's not just our sector. I look at some of the big yeah. utility companies. Sky. Try to cancel mm. Sky. Go on their page. This is this is brilliant, by the way. This is right up there with Bank of Ireland Sideways app. There's actually a page telling you how to, or it's supposed to tell you how to cancel your Sky subscription. And it's blank. <laughs> There's an actual blank space there. Uh. And if you want to find out, there is a way of Googling and you'll get through to the terms and conditions and it will give you a phone number to ring up. You can't, of course, you can't do it online. So you've got to ring up. And the phone number is buried in the terms and conditions, but it's not on the page to tell you that you have to phone up. It's a brilliant way of doing it. I actually asked Guy about this a couple of weeks ago and uh, they said, well, it's in the terms and conditions, you know. Or no, they said that if you're a Sky customer, when you get your bill, there's information uh, on your bill. Adrian, what's fascinating about that, though, is I didn't know that about Sky. It's a long time since I've had Sky, but I do have Now TV, which I, which I, I like for lots mm. of things, for entertainment, sports, mm. pay-per-view, whatever. But cancelling Now TV is a doddle and works perfectly. You go in and you cancel it. You, they give you your um, pro router days till the cancellation. And they send you a little mm -hmm. email, done, all done within the app or on your web browser. If Now TV can do it, why can't the people upstairs do it? Because Now TV is in competition with Netflix, Apple TV Plus, Amazon Prime Video, and Disney Plus. So it has to do it. What's Sky in competition with? Virgin Media? Have you ever tried to cancel something no. from Virgin <laughs> Media? I've done it. And you can do it, but you most, the, the quickest way of doing it is getting into a web chat with them. And you'll, you know, you You'll eventually mm, mm, uh, get mm. it done. But from recollection, there are some days or some hours when the cancellation service yeah, isn't right. available to you. It, the, the subscription yeah, yeah. service is yeah. still available, but not the cancellation oh, service. Okay, speaking of services, services that make you sign in 
all the time. Like you just signed in an hour ago, you sign out or you, you put your phone down and you've got to sign in and then it's two-factor authentication. So it has to just to text you, text you to see if it's you. That ever that, that ever abundance of security, people being very, very uh, sketchy about logins and how often they happen. Like I don't I can imagine that's the rationale for it. And I'm wondering if there's one big giant IT services company. I don't know, maybe Microsoft, who's most guilty for that. Have you ever tried to? Have you ever? Do you have a, a Microsoft company policy? No. Either of you? No. Okay. Ah. I'm pretty lucky. I can tell you that. Um, for some reason, I don't know a single tech company that uses Microsoft, you know, the Microsoft ecosystem of apps, a single, single growing tech company, a startup that uses Microsoft because the restrictions they place are absurd. Now, these are policy options for companies themselves to pick and choose from, from Microsoft. For example, it's a common thing that if you use, say, uh, Outlook with a company, an email comes in, you can't copy text from that email and paste it into, say, Google Docs. You'll, you'll see a little warning that says, your organization does not allow this. So <laughs> you can just forward the email to your Gmail and just do it anyway. But there's someone somewhere has made a pitch from an IT management company. You know those guys who drive around in sort of 151D BMW 5 Series with the golf clubs in the back, and they work for an IT management service, uh, and they might have uh, the contract for your company to... They used to do printers. Printers was their big thing, and Blackberries was their really big thing. But that they all kind of went away, so then they got into managed services. Terribly specific description of these people. <laughs> well, so so they'll turn up. They'll turn up on a on a May on a May, sunny May day. Major sweat pockets under in their armpits. Yeah. Right. They'll turn up and they'll have a meeting with the fairly nervous, maybe IT manager, the person in the company who's been designated by the sixty three year old CEO to deal with security. And they'll convince them that if they don't adopt this Microsoft ecosystem, that their company could be in real danger of ransomware, of all sorts yeah. of security threats. And the result is the people end up having to Gmail things to themselves or use Slack. Like, is it any wonder why, why Slack mm. is so popular? It, I think, you, you know, your whole point there about the enterprise software kind of environment it hasn't really got much better or matured in the last 10 years. You know, it's, it kind of ran for 20 years like that before that. And, you know, do you remember when MDM software came out, mobile device management software? Oh my and God. it became the biggest thing. And I mean, companies like, uh, like Citrix paid 400 million euros for a company called ZenPrize, which was good software. But, you know, Apple, Apple released their own. But the thing about all those enterprise things is they, the idea was the sales guy terrified middle, middle managers. And so if you ever try, so if you used your iPhone or your Android, exactly what you were saying, you couldn't copy text, you couldn't do this. You, you know, it was so mm. restrictive that I suspect it inhibited productivity rather than actually did what they promised it was about. Uh, but there's no question that it inhibits productivity. There's no startup I no. know that uses this kind no. of stuff. Now, to be fair, I've just piled on to Microsoft. Let's have a look at Google. 
Either of you use Gmail? I yeah. do use it, yeah. Do you ever go looking for something in it? Do you ever have an exchange with somebody over Gmail and maybe then you forward it to somebody else and they reply? Do you ever try go looking? Yeah. For, <laughs> for an email within that thread. <laughs> How long has Google had to sort out navigation of Gmail? I know it's free. I know. Mm. And I know that you you Mm. shouldn't crib. And it's been great overall to Mm. have that as a free resource, in fairness. But how long has it had to sort that out? Uh, You know, maybe this isn't an issue. Is this just me? No, it's certainly, it's not easy to find stuff. They don't thread conversations properly. It doesn't, you know. And one of the things that's always driven me mad about Google is for a company who are so well-engineered, so well-resourced is who is responsible for design and user into uh, user experience at google it's really you know now outside of search you know particular point earlier then that's that's what's driven you know the, the update of, of slack to the point earlier about yeah. look as well like it's so it's all you know, yeah. kind of design uh, issues or these headaches that we all kind of come across every day they're they're, they're small in the grand scheme of things but they, they, they pile up and that's why you have slack being so, so i mean it's not not the only thing that google it, I'm going to challenge you off the top of your head. Do you happen to know what the name of Google's rival to Zoom and Microsoft Teams is and Skype is? <laughs> oh, hang, hang on. on, hang on. It's yeah. not ha- it's not Hangouts anymore. Oh, is, it? is that gone? Meet, uh, meet. So meet. is it is it Hangouts? Yeah. Is it Meet? Is it Google Duo? Duo? Yeah, it is Duo is official, Do- is it? Is that the It's No. No, it's actually it meet? meet? But I think there still is Google yeah. Duo. And I think if you still call it Hangouts, you'll sort yeah. of get there. This is the literally the second biggest mm. software company in the world, just behind Microsoft. And we nobody still knows what its video calling service is called. Now, I know some people who do mm. actually use it. Mm. Isn't it incredible? It is incredible but, you know, as you mentioned, G- Gmail, what is it really interesting is that sort of get out practice that google had of, of putting beta on their products remember gmail was beta for years yeah. and years yeah 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 and um, well listen before we finish with google i used google docs a fair bit within the google docs app if you've ever tried to organize things chronologically now nah, we don't offer that service sorry so you just you do a search for something and it'll show you something from five years ago than something from last week anyway look i've been ranting for the last 10 or, or 15 minutes. There's a couple of other things that I know that bogue you guys. Jonathan, public transport in general, a um, little bit disjointed, not exactly, not actually uh, joined up. Um, machines on buses, credit cards and taxis. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you, are you ever, do you ever feel confident when you get into a taxi that the driver is going to have as a matter of course, a credit card no, reader. Never, <laughs> no, ever. ever. Um, if I'm if I'm hailing a taxi on the street, um, first thing I do is open the door. Is then do you take cards? And if it's a no, then it's just closing the door. Because yeah. more often than not, I don't have the cash on me to pay for a taxi. So no. <laughs> I actually think it's possible that something forty three percent of the central bank's requirement to keep cash is for taxis <laughs> and pubs in the west of Ireland. Uh, Am I wrong? It's a, it's a it's a strong thesis. <laughs> if you're just to take taxis in Dublin, for example, just as, as one as one example of that. Yeah, you were making the point though that um, 
in this day and age, it's a bit weird when you can pay with your watch in any spar. That when you get on a bus mm. or a train, it's still it's still a little bit janky. You have to have the right kind of leap card, and then sometimes do you use this machine or that machine, and then it beeps once or it beeps twice. Does that mean that it's charging you by stop, or does it mean there's a set journey? It's a little bit. It's not exactly best in class, is it? No, I think it's because there's so many different variables as well. To your point about the different mm. stops or what routes you're going, maybe that makes it difficult on a practical level to deploy it. But I think when you think of like, say, the underground in London, they have got the contactless and mobile pay to get on and off. I think that's maybe one of the better examples out there of of, of working in practice. Mm. I don't know what they're doing right that maybe others aren't doing right, but more often than not paying public transport on your contacts, contactless or through mobile pay or whatever it might be is it's a bit of a headache. It's, there's probably a business there for, for Uber, you know, with their, their idea that the, the app becomes kind of the, the grand logistics app. No one, no one is probably as prepped as uh, Uber are for transportation billing. They should, they should just have mm. Uber, let Uber, big public-private partnership, and let Uber bill us for every journey we make. Car, taxi, um, bus, train, Uber could sort it out. Uber is already kind of doing that in you know the what? UK. I mean, they're they're integrating like long term, uh, long distance train journeys into the app now as well. Very good. Um, so it's all part. It's all kind of transport super app. Um, yeah, yeah. Seeing also with Bolt as well, doing well, they're doing different kinds of things like you know ride hailing or mm. bikes that kind of thing. But it's mm. obviously the model is to try and get as much under one roof as possible. And maybe to your point, Andy, that that's exactly what Uber is going to do with public transport as well as, say, you know, intercity trains or buses or whatever it may be. It'd be lovely. What do you think would happen if Bank of Ireland was put in charge of the tech in the public transport? Well, when system? you get onto the bus, you'd have to kind of <laughs> tilt your head sideways to read the, <laughs> the, the lead card reader, perhaps. I don't know. You'd have to lie down. down. You can't sit. <laughs> you have to lie down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen, I'm sorry, Bank Me of too. Ireland. I know Me we're too. piling on here. Sorry. It's, it's um, unfortunately... You set yourselves up as a kind of an easy target. Um, speaking of easy targets, let's talk about the RT player. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have some sympathy for the RT player in, and or team behind it because we're used to comparing it to the likes of Netflix, you know, Apple TV, Amazon, Disney Plus, and they have literally hundreds of millions or billions to spend on the tech behind it in terms of resilience and any kind of bug that appears it's fixed in minutes if not you know hours or days and the rt player um it can't compete in terms of those resources even still it always does uh seem that the one time in the month where you really do want to see the rt player maybe you're out and about maybe you want to want to watch a match maybe you're somewhere else for the rt late late toy show and you you log on you'll get maybe I don't know, four or five ads in a row, which is fair enough. It is free, so that's okay. But then it freezes or it craps out after a few minutes, and then you you see the, the four or five ads again in perfect resolution, by the way. <laughs> um, am, I, am I being harsh? I think you've definitely tapped into the consensus amongst a lot of people, that kind of frustration that keeps coming up um, with, with the mm. RT player, especially when the toy show happens. I mean, that's when it's going to have its biggest audience, I think. So you kind of really mm. see it kind of becomes very um very strong around then. But I mean, have you ever heard anyone say, "Oh yeah, the RT player is great"? I don't know if anyone's ever said that. So no, I, look I, I, again, 
to just be completely fair with the RTE player, it is kind of good that it's there. And by the way, if you have a smart TV or if you do have an iPad or a laptop and if you're stuck in a hotel somewhere in Ireland, it's actually kind of impressive how many f- series, good series are on the RT player. Um, stuff they're running at the moment, they'll go back, you know, four to six mm. weeks in uh, episodes. They have entire seasons of some series. I remember watching season one of Frasier uh, on it, which it may not be readily available. Um, on other players. So look, it is good that it's there, but it is unfortunate that it is existing in a time when that's the thing. You know, so many other A grade stuff yeah. is out there. Um, Andy, virtual reality. Why 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 does almost nobody use virtual reality? I mean, I I was kind of convinced four or five years ago that look, no, no, no. And every time I, I do a demo. I I'm kind yeah. of blown away. Yeah, I know. All over again. And yet, other than um, a few weirdos <laughs> and then also some gamers, um, hardly any, and Mark Zuckerberg, sorry, hardly anyone is really building stuff in VR, are they? Or am I wrong? I might be wrong. When we were, uh, when we were arranging to chat to you today, uh, one of the things that was on my mind that just, because VR annoys me, its lack of success annoys me. And I said to myself, I had my Oculus up on top of my desk and I said, oh God, I must take my Oculus out and play with it. So that shows you, you know, um, that even me as an advocate for VR, and I remember talking to friends and family or doing a piece about it on the radio. I've done about three, about every three years. And I keep promising people that this year, VR is going to take over the world. Oh, education mm. is going to be immersive. Kids, you know, it's going to be fantastic. News reporting, yeah, it's going to be incredible. You're going to be able to experience, uh, you know, verified news uh, from within the incident. And it just, it, it, it consistently under-delivers. And I don't know why. Mm. I know the hardware, obviously, is a thing. First of all, those wires that connected headsets to laptops. Even now, the self-contained, they're too heavy. Um, they're too heavy, they're too expensive still. And I suppose a little bit of, you know, chicken egg, um, mass adoption, games investment. Why haven't we seen, like VR does need a killer app and I don't think it's the metaverse. And then over the last year, we have quite a lot of research in, in, in relation to this kind of this spatial um, illness that it may, uh, that it may mm. impact people. So there's a lot of scare stories but you know you've got to consider them because i know i i have certainly overindulged when i got my oculus first i overindulged i took off the headset and wow it was you know uh it was like a hangover um so you know you got to be careful i think one of the issues here as well is the companies that are now leading the discussion on vr like mm. meta like let's not beat around the bush here it's not the ideal no, company not. to be it's leading not, no the charge yeah. into with with uh, yeah. vr and the metaverse yeah. it, it it's coming at it with you know a challenged yeah. public you know perception at the moment um jonathan i mean i've been ranting in a very first world way but very self indulgent stuff you make a good point about um a, a a much more important failing in terms of website and app accessibility that's still an issue, isn't it? Yeah, it's a definite issue for a lot of websites and apps as far as accessibility 
for people with disability on the website, specifically people with um, visual impairments who are trying to use websites and apps and trying to access information that they need. Um, I think probably you know, we talk about public transport there. So that's probably a great example of an app that you probably would open up every day and use every day that needs to be mm. um, accessible. And these are all kind of more kind of design issues more more than anything down to uh, you know tags of content on the web page or the app that can be compatible mm. with a screen reader. And these might be things that some apps maybe forget about or maybe they don't put as much time into. It's not not as well tied content as it should be. So it's not, so it struggles with screen readers basically. Um, then there's also mm. things like, you know, down to the f- types of font that's used, the colors, the contrasts for people with various kind of maybe visual impairments trying to use the app. So these are all seemingly small things, but for someone who needs to use it, the app every day, um, it's, a, it's a major inhibitor. So that's probably one kind of, Oh, again, I kind of mentioned this point earlier about little things is building up into a major issue. Yeah, especially given how pervasive and centralized uh, that activity is for most people on a day-to-day basis, the sense of exclusion then can be a lot more, um, a lot more intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then even again, you know, we, we go more, more, more digital and everything. So the banking app thing, for example, we go. You know, the bank branches are closing down. You know, uh, more people are banking online, so that all those banking apps have to be easily accessible for everyone. So that's something that all kind of I'm sure it's on front of minds for a lot of app designers, of course. But you know, maybe some things just fall through the cracks. How do public services do, Jonathan, in that regard? Um, I think it's a bit of a mixed bag, actually. Mm. Um, there's actually a, an EU directive, the Web Accessibility Directive, that requires. You know, government websites, public service websites, public transport apps, all that kind of thing to reach a certain standard. Um, the, the review carried out recently on several sites. Um, it's kind of, an, kind of a rolling review of how these sites are performing. And they're all doing fine for the most part, but they could all make massive improvements as well to some of the points I made earlier. They were flagging things like color contrasts and font and uh, how easy it is to kind of scroll through um, an app or web page and these so these are all it's a constant work in progress it's not something that's ever going to be solved you know okay well thank you jonathan for uh raising the bar in terms of the caliber of the of the content here i know that we've been whining a little bit because that's what i certainly have anyway um but uh, jonathan Keane and andy o'donoghue thank you very much for joining us today on the big tech show um, my name is Adrian Meckler. I'm the tech editor of the Irish and Sunday Independent. You can hear us uh, here at the same time every week, but that's all we have time for this week. So bye-bye.